0: A quick note before we get started. Did you know we have an email list? Go to hpleadershippodcast.com and enter your email into the form at the bottom left to sign up. Get our PDF on common obstacles and teamwork sent right to your inbox. Subscribers get first listens on new shows and exclusive content. Sign up today, hpleadershippodcast.com.
1: On episode 48 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Dealing with Change – One of my favorite quotes is, reality does not care about your opinion. (laughs) And change is the reality that all of us have to live with.
0: You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Lane. On today's podcast, we're talking about change. At one point or another, all businesses have to deal with it some people thrive on it other people hate it but how do you get your entire team on the same page we'll talk about the three components of change and the five things you have to have to effectively manage change and now here's our talk All right, Jip, we're back in the studio, and I hear you have some new content you want to go over.
1: Well, it's not new content to the world. It's typically new content to people that are struggling with change. And some of my clients right now, I've dealt with for a long time. We've worked on different things, but they have new team members. They have some new realities in place. So they're Mm -hmm. having to deal with changes that are coming that are different than the way they've always done it. And they're in this preserving mindset instead of renewing mindset. And that gap between the two is what's causing some of the problems. So we're having to spend more time on dealing with and managing change, whether it be small changes or large changes. It's, it's a struggle. So today's but, podcast
0: is all about change.
1: Yeah. And it, it's helping leaders understand how to equip their people to deal with change, because they need to be in charge of the change process, their people need to get on board. They need to understand why there's change, what we're doing, and mm-hmm. and how it impacts them, how it impacts the organization. And so, uh, I've been working on a couple of different frameworks to help people understand and and work through the process. So, you know, today what I wanted to talk about is a couple of different things. One is is a a very simplistic framework that I've used for a long time, but it's um. You know, it's really simplistic when you understand it until you do as a leader. It's tough to kind of put it together. So okay. it's really if, if I was to simplify it into three steps, uh, three things that leaders need to be responsible for when they're thinking about implementing change at any level is that your head, your heart and your hands all need to be. A part of the process. Okay. And when I say head, heart, and hand, what I'm talking about here is that the head means, in, in your head, you have to think the, the what and the who. And then the heart is really about the why and why right now. Right. And then the hand is how and where. Okay. So if you think about it in that framework and just remember, if I'm going to implement, throw out any suggestions around change, it's the head, the heart, and the hand. And you have to have all three of those. You have to touch on all three parts of it and get all three parts to gel together because if you're missing one or the other, it's going to be a problem. Is this similar to like if I'm
0: trying to lose weight, I know in my head to eat good, but then if a pizza shows up in the office... <laughs> My heart is not as strong yes. as my head, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And when you look at the big picture and you tie your head, your heart, and your hand together, mm-hmm. you understand that that creates some motivation in a sense, I okay. guess, to, to keep you focused on the what, the why, the how, all those together. So if, if we were to look at what typical leaders might do mm-hmm. is they come in with typically thinking from the head and they say, okay here's the problem and here's what we're going to do. Here's my plan. Here's how we're going to fix this problem or here's how we're going to change the strategy or here's what I've been thinking about this a lot and here's what we're going to do and here's, here's the why. Mm -hmm. And then their team leaves there either with an eye roll like, okay, (laughs) or they leave there going, okay, I understand logically why we're doing it, but I'm not really sold on why we have to do it right now or why I have to be involved in it or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm really not, Feeling it like he or she is, you know. This sounds like more work for me. Yeah, more work for me. I don't really understand. Why do we change in the anyway? I mean, what we're doing, at least from my paradigm of the business, seems to be working fine. I don't understand right. why we change just for the sake of change sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't understand. And so when you're missing the heart And the hand side of it, that's a big missing component. And most leaders, a lot of times, will come in and they are really passionate about either the head or the heart or the hand side of it and don't incorporate all three. And so we start getting some gaps there. So one process that leaders might do is they say, okay, let's start with the head first and let me explain what I'm thinking about, why I believe this needs to happen, and, and kind of give the conceptual side of it. Is that a good place to start? As long as they quickly move to the other two, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be okay. okay. They need to touch on all three. I mean, all three parts have to be addressed, mm-hmm. but if you, if you start with just the head and you don't talk about the heart and the hand side of it, it's going to fall short. Right. Now, If you start just on the hand side of it, the process and the tools, meaning you just come in and you say, okay, there's been a problem here at the organization, or I think we can get better at the organization, we're going to change the process, we're going to change the systems that we're using, the structure, we're going to change these things. Again, that's the hand side of it, the actual what we're going to do and not talk about the heart and the head, not explain why we're doing it or you know, why we should do this is just how we're going to do it. I feel like that's probably too zoomed in to start with, right?
0: If someone tells me to change a process, my first question is why? Mm -hmm. So starting with the head, if you can explain to me why we're changing this process, I feel like I would be a lot more on board.
1: Absolutely. Because everybody's going to start with, why. why? Why are we making this change? Right. What, what is the purpose of the change?
0: On Fridays, we're going to wear polka dot pants.
1: Yeah. Well, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why are we doing that? <laughs> well, leaders a lot of times think it's obvious why we're doing it. I mean, we've been dealing with this problem for a long time. Well, mm-hmm. if the people that are sitting there haven't identified that problem, they don't know it's a problem, mm-hmm. even though leadership may seem it is. If they don't, They don't understand. So uh, I'll give you a real life example. One of the clients that I'm working with right now, the owner of the organization uh, of the company got his end of year financials and saw that he's on a three to five year trend of higher expenses and lower margin. Mm. And even though his gross number has stayed about the same, his net is shrinking, and he wasn't really paying attention to it too closely because his he paid attention to gross number all the time. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're hitting this number every month and we're on on track gross wise revenue and we're about the same headcount and we're about the same everything else, you know should be fine. We should be fine. And then when his accountant, CPA sat down and said here's your end-of-year numbers. And he looked at it and he said, I, I don't understand. I'm looking at a three- to five-year trend here where we're doing the same gross, but yet our margins are getting smaller. And this year was really bad. I don't understand what's happening. And when he starts looking at all the different things, you know, over time people get raises and, exp- you know, cost of goods go up and all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff. He just wasn't paying attention to the numbers. Right. And when he had that wake-up call, now he comes in to his team who hasn't had that wake-up call, and he doesn't want to be overly transparent, Okay, uh, which is another, you know, can be an issue when you're trying to deal with change if people don't know the why, because yeah. you're not being transparent as a leader. And and I'm not advocating that you show everything, you know, be completely transparent, but you do need to be selective and and try to be as transparent as you possibly can without setting, without crossing over and creating panic. Depends people, on the situation. Yeah, it depends on the situation. So when he is aware now that things need to change, he comes into his team and says, okay, we're going to change our process. We're going to change our tools. Here's you know, here's what we're going to do. Starting immediately, we're going to, instead of using X, Y, or Z supplier, we're going to use this new supplier. And instead of doing this, we're going to do that. And he starts making to his team what seemed like just random changes for no reason right because he has not explained headwise why we need to do this and heartwise, what's in it for all of us mm-hmm. why this is something that we need to do to survive as an organization so that all of us still have jobs and you know he wasn't
0: really selling it So if, if he walked in and just said, hey um, our margins are lower and our costs are up so I've been looking at different vendors to get us better costs and different prices and I've been looking at changing some of the structure here are the changes, they might be more on board at that point. It's well, like more money for everybody if we can get our margins up and all that So
1: stuff. you're talking about explaining from the the cerebral side, the head side of, here is why I'm wanting to make changes. Here's the things that I'm thinking about doing. Here's the reason why I'm thinking about doing it. And really help them kind of get an understanding of, you're not just doing it because you're bored and you want to make changes. Right. It's the logic and the analysis Side of it, okay, and then the hand side of it is making it easy to implement and change on a daily basis. The why is really the heart side. So the
0: heart would be like, we want this company to thrive, so we want more money. More money for everybody means longevity, jobs, raises, stuff like that. Everyone wants that, right? Yay, happy.
1: Right, kind of. Kind of. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. If it worked as easily as you just described it, (laughs) nobody would struggle with change. So. Yeah. The head is the analytical side. Here is the numbers. Here's the facts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's what our margin was five years ago. Here's how it's dropped. Here are the cold, hard facts, right? Mm -hmm. The head side is, and here's why we need to change. Right. Because we don't want to go out of business. If we Mm -hmm. do this another five years, we're all going to be unemployed and we don't want that. We want to be able to still take care of our customers, but we have to you know, do things a little bit differently. I care about you as a team, as a company, and I, I want to take care. I want to be able to not have to cut out health insurance. So if we cut over here, we can keep our health insurance because as a group, these are the things that we've decided are important to us or right. whatever it might be. So that's the heart side of it, getting people to buy into the change because you've given them the analytics that the head side here is reality. And framing reality is really important as a leader to do it in a way that it doesn't create panic and the leader doesn't feel like a victim if they own the company and say, you know, for years we've been losing money and I'm the only one suffering. So now it's time for all of us to suffer. You know, here's the numbers, you know, nothing like that. But analytics from the head side, heart side is why we need to do this and build that team. And then the hand side is, and here's how we plan to do it. Here's the process and the tools, right? And and some leaders do this, which is also a mistake, where they're missing the head and the hand side. They're just Mm heart-driven, meaning they're always about the vision, the mission, the why, right? So they come in and they go, okay, we're going to change it because – I had a vision. I had this premonition that we need to do this. And and I can't really tell you why. There's really no facts to it. And I really don't even know how we're going to do it. I just know this is where we're headed. And this is our vision. It's like, we're going to work three days a week.
0: And I think it'll work. And you're like, well, maybe we need more time to make that extra money. Right. You know,
1: if you work for my company now, everybody's going to have a hundred thousand dollar base salary just because I, I, I feel it. I know this is the right decision. And I don't know How we're gonna do it. And and I don't know even know why I'm making this decision. I just it just feels right. Right. People struggle with that too, because there's no why are we doing this or how are we gonna do it? It's just great vision, you know, it may change again tomorrow, so just hold on, you know, and and it's a constant change. I feel like this is
0: a Silicon Valley companies, a lot of times they have that vision and that we want to change the world and and we're gonna be awesome. And it's like Well, but how do you make money?
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If you were to look at ineffective change and ways ineffective change happens, one, for example, they miss the analytical side, and they just use their heart and their hand, and that's kind of what we call reckless enthusiasm, right? So they feel good about it, and so they just start changing processes and systems and structure, all this other stuff without really taking a look at any of the analytical side of it. No numbers, no, how much is this going to cost us? You know, how long are we going to be out of production? Any of those things. They're just like, this feels great. And let's get in there and start changing the processes without analyzing first, that's ineffective change yeah. or that they're missing the hand side of how we're going to do it. So it's kind of like a strategy without legs when they say, well, here, our numbers are down and this really feels bad. Let's start making some changes. Yeah. And they don't have a plan of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. They just know our volume has dropped. Our revenue has dropped. It feels really bad. Let's sit around and talk about how bad it is and how woe is me, the environment's changed, products change, whatever it might be. And so they say, we know we have to change, but they don't have a, a hand side, meaning a, a strategy of how we're going to do it and process that's ineffective in trying to implement change. And then the last one is, is really what we call disjointed action, which is where the head is getting the wrong facts. The, the analytical side, it's kind of jumping all over the place. We don't know Mm. they're missing any heart whatsoever. And the hand is taking action, but we're taking action and we're changing stuff based on bad analytics and our hearts not in it. And this is like the worst. Oh, it is. And the leader doesn't know why they're making the change. The, the leader knows the numbers are down, and I know we need to make changes. So we're going to make changes for the sake of making changes to keep our fingers crossed and hope things get better. But their heart's not in it. The team's not in it. The leader's not in it. And so it's missing that component. So sounds very reactionary. It is. Yep. It is. And so as a someone who has to deal with change and lead change and understand it, The head, the heart, and the hand all have to be aligned. So if, uh, again, hypothetical, if I was to go to this client and say, okay, your your gross number is up here. Your net number has been dropping over the last five years. There's a trend here. You need to make some changes, but you don't want to lose any of your people. You don't want to lose the quality of work that you do and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But we, we have to deal with this change. We have to put together a plan to address all three things before we approach your team. We have to have the head part of it, meaning we need to know the analytics. We need to be able to be transparent and show the revenue changes and look into your accounting system and figure out why are expenses creeping up? Where specifically are they creeping up? And Mm -hmm. be able to explain analytically why a change is needed. Second is, is the heart, and that is... Show your team or the people that have to change or have to be a part of the change why this is necessary. Mm -hmm. Sell if you have to, but show them change is necessary or we're going to be in trouble collectively or change is necessary or you are going to be in trouble or I'm going to be in trouble. Whatever it might be, sell them on the why. And then the third is the process. So if you say, here's the numbers, here's why we have to change, and here's a plan, or at least my ideas of what a plan could be, help me understand if you agree. By touching all three of those, you're going to move people through the change process quicker than if you skip any of those three. Hmm. Makes sense?
0: It does. How do you deal with the people? You, you, you've identified what you need to change. You know the processes you need to fix it but the people that need to implement it don't have the heart, or they don't want to change, or they fear that change.
1: Sure. So changing the culture of an organization or changing an individual is a complex situation. It's. It would be great if you said, okay, Chip, I wrote down those three steps, the uh, head, heart, and hand. I'm going to go back tomorrow, and I'm going to turn my organization inside out because it needs it. And as long as I explain head, heart, and hand, they'll do it. (laughs) No, because they're human beings. And and behavior modification takes time. It's not a step-by-step process. So first and foremost is when you can analytically explain why the change needs to happen, show them a process of how it's actually going to work. Those two things help them get their heart behind it the why we're doing this and why it's necessary. And typically in change, and there's a change model. If you see it in pretty much every, any research done on change will tell you that, you know, the only people that like change are the ones that are in charge of it. And they're the ones that are implementing it and they agree with it. And it directly benefits them. Right. Everybody else is like, have to be sold on why they're doing it. And some people are harder to sell than others. And a lot of times change will start with, I don't understand. It could move to anger. Uh, disgruntled, disowning, all kinds of different stuff before there's acceptance and understanding. And then they kind of come out of that valley and start moving up into understanding of it, maybe a little bit of an excitement and even into acceptance and enthusiasm if they work through the curve. Sometimes people start with, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm angry. They disown it. They fight it. And they end up choosing to leave the organization or they're asked to leave the organization because they can't deal with necessary change. Now, I have clients that I work with that create chaos in their own organization and nobody understands why. <laughs> they, it, When things are clicking right along and things are going well, they will come in and create chaos and create change and it dumbfounds people. They don't <laughs> understand why we're changing for the sake of change. Right. And some individuals will even tell you, I don't know why I constantly want to tweak and change and modify. I'm not happy unless I'm changing something somehow.
0: I feel like people are one or the other. You always find those people who like, oh, I need change. I need something new all the time. And other people that are like, I am so stuck in my ways. I've done this for 30 years.
1: And by golly, I'm going to do it this way still. Well, you know, our P60, our our online assessment platform, is a great way to start with any client, is to take them through and assess every single person in the organization and look at personality styles. And you can figure out, you know, if you work with somebody for 30 years, you don't need an assessment to tell you about them. You already know. The assessment validates what you already know about them. And the A-types... Or in our assessment, the A-type is the person that likes change, that likes results, that if they're not getting results with what they've been doing, they will change to get better results. Mm -hmm. And change is a necessary part of results. Where others, you know, might have a personality of consistency is what they really care about. Mm -hmm. And that they want to get better results, but how can we do it without changing the process? Can we work harder, work longer, do the same thing, but just get better at it instead of having to change where there's some personality types that are very analytical by nature and they're not going to change whether it's head or heart unless they understand the hand side of it. They want to know what is the step-by-step process, right? You know, I understand the analytics. Okay. We have to change because of these numbers. I understand the why and how it'll benefit all of us if we do it, but I'm fuzzy on the how. What are we, okay, it's 8 a.m. Monday morning. What are we changing system and process-wise that's going to affect everybody? And the result-driven person says, I don't care how the sausage is made, just make it. Mm -hmm. And just deliver sausage next week. And the analytical type personality is going to say, well, that's fine and dandy. But if we don't follow a process, we're not going to be able to produce the results that you want. Or if we do, it'll be below par. And then you have one other personality in there. And that is the person who is very team developed and very social. And so what they are trying to do is saying the best way for us to figure out the, the why, what and how is to get everybody together in a conference room and let's talk about it. And let's, you know, let's work together as a team and, and they're very social in their, their methodology where more of an analytical says, just email me all the stats. Let me look at everything. I'll internalize it, lay out a plan. And the A personality says, I, I don't care about any of it. You know, <laughs> next week I need it done. I don't care how y'all do it, just get it done, you know. And they're on to the next, you know, conquer in the next mountain. And the B person, he says, I, I let's do it together, you know, let's socialize <laughs> and have a good time while we're doing it, right? This
0: may surprise you, Chip, but um, my personality is CD, so the technical and the consistency, and yep. and so I really love it when something new comes out, change wise that will simplify my process or I can automate things or I can, you know, something that can save me time and will be consistent. So it'll work the same way every time. So, but I always find myself when something comes out, I'm either enthusiastic about the idea of how it's going to work. And I go into it going, this is going to be great. This is going to be the most amazing thing. And then I find out that it's a lot of work and then I started getting down on it or the other side where I go, okay, we're changing this and I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like this is going to be better. But right now, implementing it, it's really hard.
1: Yeah. So how do you deal with those situations? You know, all teams are made up differently. And so you and I are on a team, and we definitely have different personalities. That's I'm, for sure. I am a strong <laughs> AB, and uh, I am I have the opposite skills that you do. You're, you have skills that are a lot better than mine. And so we have to find that balancing act. Mm-hmm. And in that balancing act, it's I want results, and you want to simplify the process to get the results. I mean, you're interested in results as well, right? but you're interested in the process of the results mm-hmm. where somebody like me says, here's the results that I want. I'll see you in a week. Let me know how it turned out. You know, as long as I get the result, I trust that you'll do whatever you have to do. And when I talk to you, you know, we talk about that on Monday, on Tuesday, when you come in my office and say, okay, I know here's what the results that you want, but here's all of the hurdles that we have to jump over and all the changes that are going to be made, all the obstacles that are going to be made. Jokingly, we... I, this totally I, happens. Yes, it happens a lot. I say to you, okay, I get it. You, you got about five minutes of me being interested in this conversation before I'm going to say look, I get it. It's going to change. It's more work. It's it's less work when it's done, but it's more work now. Whatever it is, I get all of that. I'm just not interested. In it. I'm interested <laughs> in the result. Right. And if I have to spend money to help you, great. Here, I can do that. If you need other people to help you, I can hopefully accommodate that too, if it doesn't chew up too much time or money. I'm willing to give you the tools that you need, but we should both agree upon, here's the end result that we want. Right. Your process and my process are going to look differently. And if the team, and if we had people that were social as well, and we had people that were more... We have that. Yeah. All all (laughs) the way through. If we were to have that, we we have to come together and understand, here's our deadline. Here's our result. Here's the core goal, Mm -hmm. the mission, in a sense, that all of us are trying to accomplish. Here's what our goal is. Here's what our shared purpose is. Here's what our mission is as a group. And we all have different personalities and different roles to get this core work done in terms of the hand side of it, the process, the structure, the systems, all those things. Some people are more talented. You're more talented at some things than some of the other people on our team. We just have to work together to figure out how to how to end up with the end result the right way.
0: And I think that's a good role of a strong leader is to say, okay, I may not get all of this that you're talking to me about, but I am really willing to put resources and people and, you know, whatever you need so we can get to that result.
1: Yep. So to pivot just a little bit, (laughs) when you're talking about managing complex change, okay, so take any situation, whether you're changing your entire business model, uh, where you're going from a, in our situation where we have been a printing and publishing company of a long time of training and development materials and all kinds of stuff. Well, technology has made it to a point now where you can have on demand printing and you don't have to do it in house and and with the you know invention of iPads and all the different options that are out there we don't have to change what we do but the way we deliver our products and services can change right that's a big enough change that it may even change the business model to some extent mm-hmm. so when you're looking at managing complex change there's really about four things or five pieces to it the vision the skills that are needed the incentives for people to make the change and the resources that they need to do it and then an action plan to get it done so think of that okay in that way so if you create a vision and everybody on your team has the skills, and they all are incentivized, and there's resources available to do it, and there's an action plan, that equals effective change. It's your recipe for change. That's right. But if you miss any of these pieces along the way, you're gonna have some problems. So for example, let's say you don't have the vision, but you have skills and incentives and resources, and you have an action plan, that's gonna create more confusion than anything. It's like a
0: Ferrari with no steering wheel.
1: Yeah. They, they, <laughs> why are we can do this? We're incentivized because they said we're going to make more money and we have the resources and we have a plan here, but we don't understand why we're doing this. There's right. no vision of what we're doing. So that's going to create confusion. Now, let's say that you have the vision, but your people don't have the skills. They're incentivized. They ha- they're they given the resources and they have an action plan, but they don't have the ability or skills to do it. That's going to create anxiety right? because everything's there. They just can't do it because they don't have the skills to do it. That's a problem. Or let's say, for example, you have the vision and, and your people have the skills, but they don't have any incentive to change. Mm-hmm. They have resources. And they have an action plan. That's going to create resistance, right? Because there's no incentive for them to change what they're doing. And that's going to create resistance in the team. Or another scenario is there's vision and skills and they're incentivized, but they are not given the resources to be able to put the change together, mm-hmm. that's going to create frustration because they have the vision. They know what they want to build. They have the skills. They're incentivized to do it, but they don't have the resources to actually do it. They got an action plan, but no money or no people or no, no time, whatever, whatever that resource is that they're lacking. That's going to create frustration. And the last one is where there's a vision and they have the skills and they're incentivized and they have the resources, but there's no plan. There's no action plan. That's going to create a lot of false starts and a false start, meaning they're having to create an action plan on the go. Mm-hmm. And so they're always starting over. And so you're not going to get the change in the time frame that you need. So when you look at that and you lay it all out, you get the head, the heart and the hands, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we understand that's the introductory to it. Right. All right. Now we have to have vision plus the skills, plus the incentives, plus the resources and an action plan laid out to have effective change.
0: Do you see those all as equal parts, or do you see them as like one being more problematic than the others?
1: They're all equally important, but uh, the caveat that I'll throw in is that you have human beings that have to implement (laughs) change and deal with change. So that always adds complexity to to the change. So for example, you may have a big vision for the organization, and this is a change, a, a new accounting software, billing software, maybe it's a new CRM or or you know a new manager comes in over a department or whatever it might be. Those are changes that need to happen that still don't affect the vision of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're more in the weeds type stuff. It may right. not be as complex. This model that I just went through is really on complex change. You know, big big stuff. Understand that change is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that change will always be there, it's easier to deal with change. It's the people that fight the concept of change, that they want things to stay the same regardless of situations changing and One of my favorite quotes is, reality does not care about your opinion. (laughs) It really doesn't. Reality is reality. And change is uh, the reality that all of us have to live with and will live with for the rest of our lives. Nothing is going to slow down. Change is inevitable, and it's happening faster than it's ever happened. And organizations have to be able to deal with change quickly and often if they're going to be relevant and employees that work for organizations, or if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be able to deal with change and deal with it quickly to stay alive and relevant. So change is something to embrace, and it's something that is critical, and it's something that, um, if done right, can be done effective. So if you're thinking about changing
0: something in your company and coming up with issues with that, maybe the first place to start would be to know the personality types of all the people that work with you that you're trying to implement the change and on in the show notes of this episode i'm going to include a link to take a free assessment so please go there check it out and we'll get back to you with the results and you can see how you fit into this if you are a a strong a like chip here or if you're a cd kind of like me it's it's a good starting point i think yep absolutely Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.